0: Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I'm Steve Arterburn, co-author of the book Everyman's Battle. In the year 2000, New Life Ministries created the Everyman's Battle workshop. Now this workshop's been held monthly ever since, and it's designed to coach and challenge men to better understand their struggles and also how to navigate through those struggles with God's help. The Everyman's Battle podcast contains provocative conversations led by J.J. West and Doug Barnes, they're licensed family and marriage counselors they are also leaders of the Everyman's Battle workshops. Welcome to the Everyman's Battle podcast. I am JJ
1: West. And I am Doug Barnes. Hey, Welcome. Doug. Hey, JJ.
2: Good to be here with you. Yes, it's good. And especially today. Right. It's, I mean, it's always good to be with you. It's always good to be in studio. It's always good to be doing these, these podcasts. But today in particular, I am really excited yeah. about today's topic. Me too. Me too. So for you listeners, we'll let you in on what our excitement is about. Today, we are going to be looking at the question of whether or not men's and women's brains are the same or different when it comes to the topic of sexual arousal, sexual temptation, and how we respond to that. Uh, Are there any differences or are we exactly the same? Uh, it's a fascinating topic, and quite frankly, there's a whole lot of opinions on this. Right, or even the initial interest
1: in something I may be tempted by, or mm-hmm. something, a direction I may be going, or mm-hmm. a behavior I may be engaging
2: in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, are we are we the same, or are we wired differently somehow? And if we are wired differently, why? What's that about? Did you know? <laughs> Was it an oops? (laughs) I was like, oh, oh, gosh, I shouldn't have done it that way. No, you know, or was there intention behind it? Was there design behind it? Yeah, great question. So, as we dive into this topic today, you know, Doug, I'm excited because we get to listen in on a conversation between Steve Arterburn, who is the founder of New Life Ministries, where he interviewed Shanti Feldhahn. Shanti is a researcher, a, a writer. She got her graduate degree from Harvard. Uh, she's been doing, uh, social researching for decades right, and, uh, you know, just, uh, <clears throat> amazing at what she does, uh, very, does a very good job of communicating, not from this hard to understand scientific, uh, point of view, but really very practically, okay, here's what the research shows us. And now we want to, let's apply it, let's apply it to yeah, our lives. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. We're going to give you guys a chance to listen in on a portion of that interview uh, that we think is extremely helpful. Take a listen.
0: One of the greatest things we've ever done for women is to have an Everyman's Battle workshop where you can come and things happen. I, I tell you one quick story. A woman sent her husband. They'd been married over 40 years. He goes. He's been involved in pornography all those years. He goes and makes a radical, radical transformation. And I talked with her and she said they had the marriage she had always dreamed of for six months. And then he died. And she said, I cannot thank you enough that we experienced that together because that's my memory of our marriage. Now, and that's so precious. Just, just to ignore those kinds of stories. I talked to a lady last week. said I sent my husband to every man's bed. Literally, sent him. Don't come home if you can't go there. He accepted Christ. Things have never been the same. Now we're trying to do something different with uh, even having a podcast, which is for everybody. You don't have to go to the workshop, but we're trying to bring truth, emotion, reality. Uh, on a regular basis to the masses through the every man's battle podcast, and the message is authenticity, connection, and integrity and it you know it and we're always trying to- Im- improve that and I think that the podcast will reach some people that maybe the book the workshop will never reach
3: oh i am I am so excited about this podcast i mean one of the things, you know how you talk about the the concern that some people have of, you know, it, well, but maybe it's not true that men are more visually stimulated, right? Like maybe, you know, maybe men aren't more visual and maybe we're excusing men's behavior. We're 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 saying that, oh, this is boys will be boys, this is the way they're made. And you know, isn't that just feeding into it? And the reality is this is one of those topics I have seen this has been now more than 20 years of this research we've done with more than 40,000 men and women, and and by the way, including we've done some pretty extensive, um, nationally representative surveys of men and women as well. So this isn't just you know a Facebook survey or or whatever. You know these are big expensive
4: surveys mm, all right. in it order sounds to like... get
3: really good, really yeah, really good data. But but also, you know, have spent years and years and years digging into the neuroscience as well. And one of the things that rises up from all of that is that there is a a big enough difference between men and women and how their brains process visual stimuli that it actually, it helps explain some of the temptations, the visual temptations that men face but it also helps explain um, why women don't necessarily understand that and why <laughs> and why women think you know but there's no difference like if it's you know you're saying you know for example, let's just say that some youth leader somewhere, Has tried to to pull the girls aside and said, you know, one of the things we need to do is to try to honor God and you know our clothes and you know this might be something that you need to look at and you know maybe a young you know 16 year old girl is going to think, well it's none of his business what I'm wearing like he shouldn't be looking. Right. And and that that perception, which is totally understandable, right? Like I used to have that. (laughs) <laughs> same right. thought in my head, um, but that perception is there in a woman's mind and heart because our brains are wired so differently that literally our brain does not perceive visual stimuli in the same way as the male brain right. now, and there's exceptions to this, and you know there's about twenty five percent of the population has what you might call a bridge brain where You know, they, they, you know, they have a male brain, but oh, you know, maybe they process things, you know, more verbally or with a bunch of different connections to the verbal centers, which is, you know, more common amongst women. And maybe a woman, you know, she has a female brain, but you know, she wants to think things through internally, which is more like what a man might do. We do have those exceptions. And, and yet in general, one of the reasons for this concern is that um, many women don't recognize some of what men face as far as the temptations, the visual temptations, right. because they're not visual temptations for women. And yeah. if you, I would love to explain that if you don't mind at, Dude, at some please. Point in this
0: conversation. Well, please do it right <laughs> now. It's very helpful to understand that.
3: <laughs> and this, and by the way, this all comes. You can look this up. This comes from um, several studies that have been done over the years by. Um Emory University by uh, Massachusetts General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. Um, we have some of these references in our books. You can go actually go look at these and, and it's very like eye-opening. But basically, here's the here's the starting point is that when um when a man, and now this is specific to the male brain, when a man looks at someone who he views as presenting themselves sexually now that could be you know a a scene in a movie that is you know a sex scene it could be just that you know the colleague has the 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 blouse with the button that's buttoned maybe one or two buttons too low (laughs) you know whatever whatever that is if his his brain um, perceives that as sexual as opposed to oh she's just beautiful right like that she's just she's just dressed attractively but the button isn't you know two buttons too low then then there's a, something that happens in his brain where a part of the brain this is in the midbrain so this is not the front of the brain where you're making a decision this is the midbrain which is automatic and biological Um, There's a center of the brain called the nucleus accumbens, and the nucleus accumbens is the center of the brain that it will light up when, um, for example, let's just say you you haven't eaten all day, and you walk into a room and you see food across the room. Your nucleus accumbens is going to light up. That's men and women. That's everybody, and it basically is this gut level. You're not thinking, oh, that food looks good. It's this gut-level biological, oh, I want to consume that food, right? Because it's this biological response because you haven't eaten all day. Right. And then what happens is in your brain, your prefrontal cortex, your, your cortical centers, your thinking centers, those are at the front of your brain, like in the front of your forehead. Those then immediately after, those light up. And you think, "Oh, is anybody eating? Can I, <laughs> can, I
4: <laughs>
3: can I go and can I go and you know start the buffet?" and And you're, that is where your choice and your will and your thoughts kick in, and that's where you decide what to do about this biological temptation you just had. Well, it turns out when a man sees the woman who, again, his brain views as presenting herself sexually, um, his nucleus accumbens lights up. And it's this instant gut level drawn to look at that at that image or at that TV show or the you know person is walking down the street or whatever it is. And he's drawn it's like this instant biological temptation. He has no control over this. This is not something he's choosing to do. Right. So this is a biological sort of stimulation response mechanism. And then immediately after, same thing, his cortical centers light up and he and he decides, oh, wait, don't don't look at that. Right. Like, you know, think about my wife or um, honor honor my colleague by, um, you know, positioning myself so that I am looking at the spreadsheet while we're talking rather than at her or, um, you know, whatever it is. If It's the movie. And I think that's going to create a temptation in my mind. You know, I'm just—I'm not going to necessarily be watching this particular part of the sex scene, right? Right. Um, And so he's making a choice. And so this is where you see, biblically, there's a difference between temptation and sin, right? There you go. Jesus is tempted in every way, and yet without sin. And so the issue isn't the temptations we face— the issue is what we choose to do about them. And so right. you can think of the temptation as being when the nucleus accumbens lights up, and you can think of what we choose to do about them as being when your cortical centers kick in and you decide, yeah, I'm gonna keep looking. <laughs> or yeah. no, I'm gonna I'm gonna honor my I'm gonna honor my wife and my not wife or whatever. Now, here's the problem. This is what I'm about to say next is the reason for the controversy. It's because we, for women. Our brains are wired in such a way, and I don't know why (laughs) the researchers have looked at this. I don't know if anyone's figured out the reason for this, but it just is what it is, that when we see an attractive man that we view as a sexual image, and, you know, again, that sex scene with a really attractive man or the male colleague that we find really attractive or whatever it is, our nucleus accumbens stays dark. Hmm. It does not light up. And instead, what lights up immediately are those thinking centers, are the cortical thinking centers at the front of the brain. And we think to ourselves immediately, (laughs) he's an attractive man. And that's about it. (laughs) And there is none of this intra-brain war of the biological temptation and having to pull our thoughts away from our nucleus accumbens lighting up and going, no, 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 don't, don't think about that. That in men is an intra brain war that the vast majority, not every man, but the vast majority of men are very familiar with, right? That's the reason right. for right. Every Man's Battle book. That's the reason for the new podcast it is because you're helping giving them tools of A, you can fight this war, and here's how you do it, right? right. And the issue for women is that we don't have that intra-brain war. We still have to change our thoughts. We have to take our thoughts captive, but we have never, most of us, not all, but most women have never experienced that gut level, biological, sexual temptation that men face, most men face every day in this culture. Yeah. So we have no idea that he does. And so that right there is the reason for a lot of the concern a lot of the criticisms it's none of his business what i'm wearing he shouldn't be looking that to a man makes absolutely no sense like what are you talking right. about like you know like it, it, what do you mean <laughs> whereas to a woman it makes perfect sense
0: well and because that's if, the way
3: our brain is wired
0: and if i had just explained all that halfway through Someone might be saying, well, Steve's making an excuse for having a problem, and it wouldn't be making an excuse if I was saying it even any more than you're making an excuse. We're trying to talk about how it is, and every man needs to know that about himself and then do whatever it takes. And and what we did in Every Man's Battle, I would say this, um, three words that, One's a contraction. Uh, no, three words, but not a contraction. But bounce your eyes. That When a man read that, it was something he could do. We, it was just that clear. If you see this thing and it lights you up, bounce your eyes away from it, and now you're not going to pursue something that isn't yours. No excuse. You're responsible. We can't blame biology or Neurology or anything, we are responsible for what we have, and well and, go ahead
3: well what, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt no go what ahead. I was going to say is let me let me step into the shoes of because I get this because this is the way I used to to think and feel as well. Let me step into the shoes of a woman listening who goes, but that's ridiculous that you would tell. A man to bounce his eyes away from a woman like that is objectifying her right, right. That, I mean there there is a right. real concern there, which I get, right? like yeah. I had some of sure. those exact same thoughts when I first started looking into this, and eventually I realized, okay, if you look at it in in a certain way, absolutely you could have a concern about that. However, let me share a bigger concern and a bigger truth. That I think, again, we need to grapple with, which is that the men who are, let's just use bouncing their eyes, using whatever the technique is to take their thoughts captive, take, take, take their thoughts captive. Those men are the ones who are doing exactly what you actually want them to do, because those men are the one who are trying to honor that woman in their yep. thought life. That's right. Those are the men who are putting the effort into trying to treat that woman respectfully, and who are trying to say, you know, my thoughts, my the temptation is, my brain wants to go in the sexual direction about this woman walking down the street. Absolutely not. I need to honor her. She is a person created by God, and so as a technique to help me not do that. I'm going to bounce my eyes, or whatever the technique is. You know, a lot of men have told me they start thinking about baseball scores, or, or right. whatever, whatever it is. And but the the thing that I think a lot of the critics don't realize is that, by definition, by getting angry at every man's battle, or the every man's battle podcast, or the techniques like bouncing your eyes, by definition, when you get angry at that, you are actually getting angry at the good guys. <laughs> you're angry. You're getting angry at the people who are most caring about honoring women. And it's the ones, it's the ones who do not care about honoring women that are going to let their thoughts go wherever they want to go. That That's right. accumbens lights up, their cortical centers kick in and they don't care. They let their thoughts go into the whatever fantasy about that woman, which is deeply disrespectful. That is what objectifies women not the attempts to take their thoughts captive.
0: Now, having having said that so well, I want to follow that up with this. That isn't where it ends, bouncing your eyes. And the two guys, me and Fred, that wrote about bouncing the eyes because we felt like that was the beginning of taking care of this problem. Let me tell you where We take this eventually when we wrote Every Man's Marriage, which is one of the few books you'll ever read that two men wrote on mutual submission. But let me just read a short uh, section here. It says, we, I'm talking about men, we must think sacrificially. Doing so will bring healthy marital adjustment. To think righteously and sacrificially, is to reject our right to lead solely from our point of view. This is far easier said than done, since our bloated male egos practically demand center stage. But without sacrificial thinking, we'll never realize oneness. Real leadership in marriage means allowing her gifts to surface at all the right times This is necessary to honor our wife's place in the marriage. Now, that isn't worded the way maybe someone would prefer, but the heart of this is telling men, if you're some kind of dictator leader, you're missing it. you got to sacrifice to have oneness in this marriage. And that's the real heart of what we tried to do with Every Man's Battle, get them off of the superficial and the um, and the cheap imitation, pornography, and get them to understand the value of a woman and do the things that it takes to connect with that woman. That's what we want to see. Uh, Shanti, I'm almost out of time, uh, and I just wonder if there's anything else you'd like to say uh, that might be helpful to someone who they listen more to the criticism than to try to find the heart of the issue?
3: Well, I guess for me, the, the most important piece of this puzzle and what I've been doing for you know more than 20 years now is all of our research is about trying to understand the inner life of a person, right?
4: You're right, right. And
3: as I have been trying to understand the inner life of men, which is, of course, what the For Women Only book, for example, was all about, I, I have been so touched by the fact that the men who are interested in participating in this and, you know, maybe reading the companion book For Men Only, for example, about their wives— um, the the men who I talked to, and including, you know, the random guy sitting next to me on the airplane, like I talk I interview a lot, a lot of men, still to this day. And the reality is is that most men, now sadly not all, but most men are just trying their best to be a good husband or to be a good dad, and they care about their wives. They they care about honoring women most men are not that kind of good old boy, I don't care, you know, I'm yeah, gonna try to get away with I whatever I could get away with. Right. And so and and I I want to give honor and some sense of saying thank you to the men that would be interested in, for example, listening to the Every Man's Battle podcast to get resources and encouragement and help like those are the men you want to encourage like yes go listen to that podcast mm. that's going to help you as you're as you're trying to walk things out in this culture and we will never ever none of us will ever say things perfectly the people yeah. who are raising concerns will never say things perfectly none of us will and yet the key is okay how can we try to encourage one another um in all of the ways that the Bible says, you know, on spring one another onto good deeds, etc. How can we encourage one another and have grace with some of those areas that, man, you know, I just I didn't say that quite right.
4: Or right. oh,
3: I'm so sorry that your husband used that to hit you over the head. That mm. that is that stinks. Mm. I'm so sorry. You know what? I I will make sure that in the next blog or whatever that. You know, we we try to word it differently and yet at the same time have grace for the fact that these men are trying and that they are actually stepping up to what we've asked them to do.
0: Shanti, you, well, you're one of my favorite people. I like your inner world there. And I just am thankful that you've <laughs> uh, helped us. And I think you're helping the people listening to this. And God bless you. And I just cannot uh, recommend more. That people go out or go on Amazon or wherever it is and and just find the Shanti books. And her last name is pronounced, I had to have her uh, by the way, pronounce it for me Feldhahn. Feldhahn, The Secrets of Sex and Marriage. Great book. We've had her on radio to do that book. We'll have you back. Thank you for all you've done for me, New Life. And uh, everybody that's read anything that you've ever written, thank you, Shanti.
4: Thanks,
3: Steve. I appreciate that.
0: Okay, that wow. was
2: <laughs> that was powerful. Yeah, that was that good. was that was amazing. We are talking about the difference between how men's and women's brains process sexual temptation, sexual arousal, what we do with it my goodness shanti just did a fantastic she, she nailed it. Yeah. job yeah, she nailed it. at helping us understand okay so there is a difference there's yeah. a there's an actual biological neurological right. difference going on in our brains right. right that's really helpful to know and that was probably the the greatest aha moment
1: for me mm-hmm. i mean for years mm-hmm. um i've been a proponent of well hey we grow up in the same homes we grow up in the same families all of us do right mm-hmm. so we're we're all you know avoiders and pleasers and we all get angry and we all have mm-hmm. you know social norms that we that we learn in families right <clears throat> but this shed light on the fact that for me the way that i've been processing information from uh, puberty i mean Mm -hmm. as as soon as i learned Mm -hmm. the differences between men's and women's bodies and i'm starting to notice girls more and they smell better and their Mm hair is nice and they dress but you know Mm -hmm. i'm starting to notice all these things now i know why yes and it makes total sense to me i had no idea before i mean call me crazy but i had no idea that these simple i mean she goes back to shanti goes into the biological Mm -hmm. kind of primal pre-brain part of it that I was totally unaware of this. This has changed the way I think Mm -hmm. about how I'm going to be able to do my practice better.
4: Mm -hmm. Does that Mm -hmm. make
1: sense?
2: It does. It does. And not only, only my practice, how I'm going to do my practice better. It's even in terms of how I respond to the world around me in a different way. Right. Um, That it's, and not just from the sexual uh, temptation aspect, though that's primary, but really I think any time that that where my amygdala is firing mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> my amygdala is going okay survival time we need this and then you know the the nucleus accumbens steps in right performs that interface between my amygdala and my my pre- prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. right and is saying all right yes the 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 reptile <laughs> the want to the want to yeah. says this is necessary for survival but Here's the information, and now my prefrontal cortex has to make a decision. And now I'm, I'm I'm taking the time to evaluate, okay, is that a need? Oh no, that's not a need. And that decision gives me agency. That decision gives me agency, exactly. Because now I
1: am in charge of making that decision right. whether that's the next right decision. Yes. Or I make it a decision based upon my wants or my desires.
2: Right. Because just just having the desire isn't the sin right just have being tempted right jesus we wired to desire J- jesus was tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin right? right so we know that sin and temptation are not the same thing So me just having the temptation to you know be aroused by the uh you know perhaps curvaceous uh person in line uh, yeah, in front of them. hair, butter body right yeah, i yeah, mean yeah, that's exactly. to say it, right so that's, <laughs> right yeah. like just because just because i have the desire for that doesn't mean that i'm bad wrong shameful how dare i but i do have to own the choice of what i do with it right just because i have just because i have the desire doesn't mean that i'm shameful but it also doesn't mean that i have now because that desire is biological i now have the des- the license to give into it right i still have to make a choice and that's what you just said right that that gives me agency
1: right and yeah. that's part of the fruit of the spirit right mm-hmm. love joy peace, peace patience kindness goodness general gentleness and then that, that last one mm-hmm. self-control or yes. we'll say that 10 times right mm-hmm. so it's that self-control can i make that decision to control what i do mm-hmm. with what i see yeah or what i think yeah so that i'm in control of that arousal not the arousals con- in, in in charge of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean that was just it was so cool how mm-hmm. she worded that when when some when some female presents herself sexually or or, or i or deem or that as a we
2: per, yeah we perceive her as a sexual not, object she's actually per- oh presenting yeah yeah yeah, that yeah. Way. she may or may not be but it's but it's how my I'm perception
1: percept- yeah, yeah totally i okay. said that wrong yeah yep. yeah so it's how i see that yeah then that there's that that difference between what you said before motivation and action yes the motivation is there because that's primal that's in my brain mm-hmm. but the action piece now i get to make a healthy choice even though it's in my brain, no one can see me make that healthy choice. Yeah,
2: and what's interesting to me about this whole discussion is that because that's not an area of the brain that lights up for women when it comes to sexual arousal, not, it does in, in, for other things, but not for sexual right, arousal, right, right. it's so hard for a woman to understand, oh, that it's, 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 a, it's a biological response that he's having, the, the motivation— that, that <laughs> he's not choosing to have that motivation. He's not sitting there going, I'm going to be aroused by her. Right. And then I'm going to give in to that arousal. The arousal is happening. That biological response is happening for him in that moment. He has to make the choice on whether to act on that motivation or not, act on that arousal or not. Right, but for the for the especially for wives or, or girlfriends or fiancés or moms trying to understand their sons, it's so I think so difficult because if you've never had that experience, if you've never had that intra brain war going right, on. Right, right, When it comes to sexual arousal, it's really hard to understand what he's going through. Right, right. Uh, I I read in, in one of Shanti's books I was reading how it was a really it was an interesting analogy. To where the author said, it was either Shanti or, or the other person, the other co-author, that to, to be upset that he, you have that motivation or he has that motivation, has that desire, would be akin to being upset with yourself for liking the taste of sugar. <laughs> mm. Wow. Right? Yeah. like yeah. I mean, I, 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 do, I do like the taste. I like the taste <laughs> of sugar very, very much. I'm a big fan, right? <laughs> I have to make a choice when I walk into the bakery, when I walk into the kitchen, when I walk into the pantry, when I walk into the grocery, the grocery right. store, the gas yeah. station. I have to make the choice on whether I'm going to give in to that desire. But but I don't shame myself for having the desire, right? That's yeah. the, that's the key. Is that that motivation is something that I'm I'm not in control of that piece. I'm, right. I am in control of what I do with the motivation with my action following the motivation
1: right now let's back up one
2: step further okay
1: cuz i want to want to take this a little bit
2: deeper okay
1: i know we're we're getting short on time but i want to take this a little bit deeper let's let's back up even further from that because i i totally agree for me to shame myself for having a that god-given desire mm-hmm. i mean we didn't create this right this is not something I can build and manufacture. It was his idea, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but in in that idea, I've had this discussion with countless guys
2: mm-hmm.
1: and a few and a few couples, where there's this idea that now I'm going to have free reign to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And and I want to pull that back. I want oh, to just yeah. be really clear. Don't yes. don't walk away from, from what mm-hmm. we're hearing and what we're doing here today yes. and saying, I got free reign now. I can yeah. look when I want. I it's, can look where I want. I it's
2: let, just biological. Right. It's just <laughs> biological. It's like, no. My brain's
1: like doing it to me. I can't help it. Where does my character mm-hmm. fit into right. this equation? Right. Because, okay, it's the difference between the motivation and action. Mm-hmm. Right. and so because I might have the motivation still does not give me the uh ways and means to look at my discretion
2: mm-hmm.
1: in other words to look at whoever I want right. to whenever I want to, how right. long I want to exactly. no 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 yeah. no it doesn't right I need to be able if if I'm really looking at my character mm-hmm. I need to to be w- aware of where all of those I'll call them targets for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. call them uh, mm-hmm. women or mm-hmm. wh- whatever your thing is mm-hmm. in your acting out behaviors: Yeah, you're, the, the targets of those those feelings
4: mm-hmm.
1: I can I need to be able to pull myself back from even going there. but like you said, if I do mm-hmm. not to beat myself up about it, but to know what is the correct. Tactical and practical action,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. But this
1: does not give me carte blanche no. to look wherever right. I want, it whoever I want, for how long I want. That's
2: right. That's right.
1: And I want to be clear about yes. that because I don't. I don't want anybody that's, listening to this saying, well, the, oh, well, he can just go do whatever
2: he wants." That's no. The danger. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the, the real danger. danger. And 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 I think that is the legitimate fear that a lot of women might have when Absolutely. we're talking about this. Absolutely. Oh, you're saying that you know you're giving him permission.
1: Permission yep. to.
2: You go look at whatever he wants, stare at her every many times he wants. What? No, we're saying the exact opposite. We're saying right. that even though that impulse is there, you are responsible for what you do with that impulse, how you how you play that out, right. Right? how you live that
1: out. Well, and, and again, let's be real. Are there going to be men who misuse this for their own gain? Yes. Yep. And that's different than what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. If I'm online and I'm looking at um, Google Images, let's say, mm-hmm. or if I'm looking at – I don't want to name it, but if I'm looking <laughs> at some things that that are typically innocuous, mm-hmm. uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, right. right? Am I really looking for the articles? Y'all mm-hmm. can't see air quotes, right. but am I looking <laughs> at that, or am I really looking – so that I can take that from me. One, is, one of those is purposeful, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's intentional, and that's mm-hmm. where the action has then taken over. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not just, oh, I see somebody, and as Shanti was saying, oh, I think about my wife or, or baseball or mm-hmm. my shopping list or mm-hmm. my to-do list today. Mm-hmm. That's different. Mm-hmm. But this needs to be something that is really, if, if I'm looking at my character and how I want it to change, I need to be really upfront with, okay, I'm, I'm going to be rigorously honest. Yes, I looked, mm-hmm. but I bounced my eyes and this is where it went.
2: Right, right.
1: Or if, yes, I looked and you know what, I took a second look, that's mm-hmm. my work now. Mm-hmm. That's my mm-hmm. recovery work mm-hmm. that I need to engage in, whether right. that's calling a brother or going vertical with God or mm-hmm. um, writing in my journal, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is, I need to process that because that clearly crosses that line from right. motivation, something mm-hmm. that God gives us, mm-hmm.
2: to the action of right. my acting out. Exactly. Does that make sense? It does, and I think it, it's illustrating one of two ditches we can fall into here. We can either overplay, overemphasize this, this difference in what's going on in the brain, like you're saying, where I give myself now license. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just biological. I can't help it. No, that's, that's wrong. That's a lie. That's, that's misusing the information that's been presented. Right. Or I can underemphasize. And I can say things like, oh, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't even see her. I didn't even notice. I didn't even, like, it didn't register uh, for me at all. Of course it did. Of course. you How <laughs> right. could you not notice? She was standing right in front of you. Right, right. Of course you noticed her. You yeah. know, she was wearing the hot pink bikini, uh, you know, <laughs> five feet to our left, and you didn't see her. Of course you saw her. Okay. So you own that. You don't want to underemphasize it, but we don't want to overemphasize it. Where we say, "Oh, well, then it's just giving me carte blanche to do whatever
1: I want." Right, and this can be some really deep, intimate conversations Mm -hmm. between husbands and wives, Mm -hmm. or boyfriends and girlfriends, or or whatever. It, It can be some some interesting conversations, and at the core of that, really is. For a guy to be gut-wrenching honest. Mm-hmm. Can I be rigorously mm-hmm. honest right. with myself? Right. I'm a great deceiver of myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. but can I be gut-wrenching honest in the way that I approach this mm-hmm. with my spouse or significant other? And,
2: and are we are we both creating an atmosphere where it feels safe to be gut-wrenching?
1: Right. right, 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 right. That's, that's, a, that's intimacy, and that's, and that's, that's another podcast. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> that is another topic. Another day. Yeah.
2: Because we are out of time, yeah, and good. we need to wrap up here. But, <clears throat> boy, I am so grateful Uh, for shanti and the work that she's doing and sharing some of that with us uh grateful that doug we get a chance to to talk about this yeah we'll talk more about it we'll definitely talk more about it there's no way we can avoid it so uh we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about this conversation but for today we're gonna pack it in and catch you next time thanks for listening
1: If you need help with sexual integrity, call New Life Ministries at 1-800-NEW-LIFE. That's
4: 1-800-639-5433 or go to newlife.com.